Welcome to The Change Lab, a podcast for people who are all about personal development, leaning into their potential and becoming their best self. Just, you know, starting next Monday. I'm your host, Dr. Sasha Hines, and oh, sh- it's Monday. Hello, lab mates, and happy Monday. Welcome back to The Change Lab. So I just got a very cute call from my mom today who wanted to let me know that she's now up to date on all of my episodes. So thank you for listening, mom. And she doesn't hate my music. So update, she doesn't hate my music anymore because (laughs) I'm like, mom, you still hate my music. But she says now she associates the music with me. So she doesn't hate it anymore. She likes it. So mom... I know you're going to listen to this. And I just want to say that's some world-class parenting right there. So I love you so much. And my mom also wanted an update on how Pete is doing. So she's really curious about his progress. And I'm sure if she is, you are too. So I'll see if, uh, if he's up for another episode on the podcast, or at least maybe we can do an update on his progress this winter, which would be really, really fun. All right. So we're neck deep in the season of reflections and resolutions. And it's my mission, y'all. It's my mission to help you do change differently this year. I would be so profoundly gratified if what you've learned on the Change Lab has really affected the way in which you want to approach your goals and how you're thinking about it. Please reach out to me and let me know if it's made an impact because, man, that would make me so delighted to hear. I want you to engage in your growth and evolution in a way that helps you move forward with a renewed sense of belief and hope, and also claiming your agency instead of just jumping in, fizzling out and feeling demoralized. I think we've all done that dance way too many times. You know, let's just say no. Let's just not do that anymore. (laughs) Sucks. One thing I want to make abundantly clear before you all make those New Year's promises to yourself is that change doesn't happen like a binary on and off switch. There's, you know, you're not changing and then you are like it's a switch. No, there is a five stage change arc and much of it occurs below our conscious awareness. But just because it's not visible to those around us and sometimes we not even really be visible to ourselves, it doesn't mean that it's any less critical. And in fact, I would argue that as with anything, laying a strong foundation is the most essential part of the process. So on today's episode, I'm going to share the five stages of change so that you're educated and understand how change actually happens. And I'm going to share the big problem, which is that most people try to skip the first two or three stages of change and jump right into stage four, which is the action stage. This does not work. (laughs) I mean, have I said this enough? It doesn't work. You know it doesn't work. I don't need to tell you that. You know it doesn't work. This is why we fail. We fail because we just jump in thinking that we're ready when we're not. All five stages are crucial and we just can't skip any of them. So to illustrate how all of this works, I'm going to use myself as an example. I'm going to do a health experiment for 2024. And this is my big goal for 2024. I want to stop drinking alcohol for six months. That's my 2024 New Year's evolution goal. And I'll show you how I'm moving through all five stages of change in order to achieve this goal. 
Okay, Labbies, let's talk about the science of change so you can give all the gimmicks that are coming your way in the next few weeks, the Heisman. Have you heard of the trans-theoretical model of change? (laughs) It sounds very fancy. Maybe, maybe not. And I do talk about this in the fourth episode of The Change Lab, just FYI. So if you want to go revisit that, I talk about the trans-theoretical model of change. But in any case, here's how it works. This model was developed by two psychologists, James Prochaska and Carlo Di Clementi. And they were studying one of the most difficult changes to make, which is quitting smoking. Quitting smoking is so hard. So many people fail. And in their research, Prochaska and Di Clementi wanted to figure out why do some people successfully quit and others don't? And for the people who give up cigarettes forever, what are they doing? What exactly are they doing? And is it a process that other people can follow to? Can we replicate what these people are doing? And here's what they discovered. There are five stages of change. Pre-contemplation, contemplation, preparation, action, and maintenance. You have to move through all five stages in order to change an unwanted habit or pattern or behavior in your life. You can't skip any of the stages and you can't do them in a random order and you can't rush through them either. The science shows there's actually an ideal timeline to follow for each stage. So basically you got to do all five in order and you have to give an appropriate amount of time to each stage. So what does the trans theoretical model of change look like in real life? And by the way, in shorthand, we call this TTM in the literature. Okay, so I'm going to walk you through all five stages using myself as an example. So I want to quit drinking alcohol for six months starting in January 2024. All right, let me just give you a little bit of context. So I've been a moderate drinker throughout my adult life. And what do I mean by moderate? I mean that my alcohol use fits more or less within the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services guidelines for women. However, for a variety of reasons, which I think will become clear as I walk you through this, I want to take a more significant break than just dry January. The question is, how can I make this successful and lasting? So let's look at the model. So stage one is pre-contemplation, which is essentially, I'm not ready to change. You're at that stage. That's stage one. And in this stage, you're not aware that your behavior is a problem or You're minimizing the impact your behavior might be having and don't really want to deal with it. Or you vaguely recognize that your behavior has negative consequences. However, you're not really ready to change because from your perspective, the cons of changing far outweigh the pros. So the bottom line is you're not thinking about change right now. Now, maybe like in the recesses of your mind, but you're not really thinking about it. You're not serious about actually making a change. By the time someone is hiring me or listening to this podcast, they've probably already moved beyond this stage. Because if you're listening to a show called The Change Lab, chances are you're actively thinking about change. And I've already moved past the pre-contemplation stage too because I'm thinking about changing my drinking habits and you know I'm thinking about changing them imminently within the next few weeks. So I'm not in this stage anymore. I moved past it. All right, so stage two is contemplation. AKA, I'm thinking about the change I want to make, but I'm not ready to make the change. In this stage, you're thinking about change fairly soon, you know, typically within the next six months. You intend to make this change in the next six months. You recognize that your behavior isn't in alignment with your values or is having maybe a negative impact in your life, 
and you'd like things to be different, but you feel somewhat ambivalent about the change because your pro list and your con list, they still feel pretty equal. You can come up with great reasons to make this change, but you can also come up with plenty of reasons why changing will have scary, unpleasant, or uncomfortable consequences, right? It's kind of like, let's pretend and say we did, you know? So for me, when I'm contemplating quitting drinking for six months, here's my pro list. So the pro list I'm going to give you here, my pro list now is probably is evolved quite a bit from this, but here are the biggies. So the first pro would be that I'm curious to find out what it will be like to have an alcohol-free life. Will I have more energy? Will my brain feel even sharper at work? Will I get to meet a new and better version of me? Will I sleep better and feel more rested? I don't know because I've never taken a six-month break from booze except from when I was pregnant. So I'm really curious to find out. Maybe I will feel really different. Maybe I won't, but I'll never know unless I try. Another pro, so one is like, what's possible, right? It's kind of exciting. Maybe life could be better without it. That would be awesome. Another pro is I have a child who's becoming a teenager. Well, I guess he is a teenager, a young teenager. And uh, I don't want my teenager to drink alcohol. Research shows that the earlier a teen starts drinking, the more alcohol they consume later in adulthood. And the more they are at risk of developing alcohol use disorder later in adulthood. In fact, the data is pretty damn staggering. I worked on some of this stuff when I was in uh, my doctoral program on parental permissiveness and alcohol use. And uh, yeah, I have a lot of reasons that I think just from the data looking at like the more we allow kids to drink early, the more they drink. (laughs) It's pretty straightforward. If you start drinking at 14, you have a 47% chance of developing a drinking problem in adulthood. That's a lot. (laughs) It's almost 50%, right? But encouragingly, that risk goes down by 21% for each year a teen waits to start drinking. So I have a multi-generational alcohol abuse risk in my family. So I take this data very seriously and I can't control my child's choices with regard to alcohol, but it will be a hell of a lot easier for me to say don't drink if I'm leading by example. Because I mean, as we all know, teenagers loathe hypocrites. So I'd feel more square with myself and uh, I'd be leading from example and that would feel great. Another pro is so much research has emerged in the last decade about the downsides of alcohol and I won't go into it here, but at this point, all the positive health benefits of booze have been more or less discredited and pretty (laughs) significantly. Okay, but what about the cons? Well, One is that I love unwinding with a glass of wine. And when the days get darker and it starts to snow, there's something about that glass of red wine ritual that feels special and, I don't know, kind of sacred. And now that it's that cozy, crackling fire season, and I I live in a ski town, it's going to be annoying to skip the wine when I really want it. That's one. Another con is that my husband and I have a weekly dinner date at the bar of our favorite restaurant. And I don't want to sip sparkling water while he's having a fun cocktail. That just sounds unfun. And another con, I mean, it might come as a real shocker to all of you, but I can be a wee bit on the intense side. And if I'm being honest, I feel more loose and relaxed after having a drink. It feels like a slightly more fun version of me. And I like being that version of Sasha. So there's a little identity angst in all of this too. 
So even though I want to take a break from drinking, there's a part of me that goes, hmm, but I enjoy this. I'm going to miss this. And, you know, maybe I'm being a bit too extreme. You know, that voice is there. So I will not be able to change successfully unless my pro list is much bigger and stronger than my con list, for sure. And because I've already worked through this and have a pro list that's at this point probably about five times as long as my con list, I'm more than ready to move forward, which brings us to the next stage of change. Stage three is preparation, aka I'm getting ready to make this change. So this stage is also called determination. And this means that you're getting ready to take action soon within the next 30 days. In the preparation stage, your pro list is at least twice as long as your con list. That's the ratio. It has to be twice as long as your con list. Your mindset is shifting, new beliefs are forming, you're planning, you're thinking about logistics, and you're beginning to make the change very concrete and actionable. You're not swinging into full action yet, but you're doing crucial preparation to set yourself up for success. So I'm actively in the preparation stage right now as we speak. And uh, what does it look like? Well, it looks exactly like the work I'll be doing with my clients in New Year's Evolution starting in January. So I've laid out 26 deeply compelling reasons why I'm taking a week from drinking. And I'm planning on writing that why on our family chalkboard each week. So in our mudroom area, I have a chalkboard. We normally do like word of the week. I'm going to put my why up there, you know? So it's going to say something like, I'm not drinking this week because dot, dot, dot. I want to improve my sleep. I want to model the process of change for my children. I want to honor my family's history with alcohol abuse and addiction. It might be possible that I like my life better without booze. I want to improve my 40-something brain fog. I want to feel better and have more energy. I want to talk to my children about drinking with integrity. I'm tired of monitoring my alcohol use so closely because of my family history and personal risk factors. So those are just eight, but I have a whole list of 26 reasons why, and each week will be dedicated to one of my whys. I've crafted strong, positive messaging about why I'm doing this six-month experiment, and I really spent some time thinking about it so that I can confidently talk about my goal. So for me, it's all about having integrity with my kids and exploring if life is even better sans booze. And Coming up with this messaging is so important because people are always going to ask. They're going to ask, what are you doing? What's going on? You're not drinking? Yeah, I'm not. And I want to be able to give them a right off the bat, inspiring and compelling reason why that doesn't leave any room for pushback or naysayers. It's just clear and unequivocal and uh, compelling. So really important. What else has been happening during this preparation stage? Well, I've initiated important conversations with my support team, my husband, my kids, and my closest friends to prepare them for the changes I'm making and enlist their support. So this has been, by the way, a real game changer. Getting my support team in place has been really profound. When the people who love me hear the reasons why this is so important to me, they can't help but be super supportive. And it's also had another interesting side effect, which is honesty. It's just in, you know initiated these honest conversations. When I talked to my kids the other week about my New Year's evolution goal, they did not hold back on their opinions. It was really interesting. My kids think of alcohol like they think about cigarettes, right? It's, 
it's bad for your body. So why on earth would it be something that you would want to use? Like, why would you put something that is bad for you in your body? That just makes no sense to them, right? So saying no to booze just makes a whole lot of sense to my kids. And their exact response was, that's probably going to be really good for you, mom, because alcohol isn't good for your body. That's what they said, which was such an interesting thing to hear them say out loud. And I mean, I can't fault them on their very sound logic. (laughs) They're correct. So I could add modeling rational behavior for my kids to my growing list of pros. And I have. So that's exciting, right? I'm modeling behavior that makes sense to my children. And that's definitely a pro. I'm also dealing with all the logistical stuff and getting my mocktail bar stocked and ready to make booze-free fancy drinks. I've also been trying out different NA spirits to see what I like and getting fun cocktail glasses to make my non-alcoholic drinks feel more elevated than just a plain glass of water. So there's something about the ritual that I don't want to lose. So let's make that work. I've been working through my list of obstacles and brainstorming solutions. So for example, I know that my craving to order a glass of wine will be oh so loud and proud when I'm at a restaurant. So for the first month, I'm going to stick to restaurants I know have non-alcoholic beer on the menu because once I've got an NA beer in my hand, I'm good. It's just that initial order. I'm also creating a list of milestones and planning out how I want to celebrate them. So really something to think about. What are all the little micro wins along the way and how am I going to celebrate them? And really thinking that through. Because if I want to keep the momentum going in the second and third month of my experiment, that's probably when it's going to get, you know, hit the doldrums. I have to celebrate the little wins along the way. And I've been reading memoirs of people who have decided to ditch the booze. And man, that's been inspiring and gives me a whole lot of new perspective. And I'm also, you know, doing a number of other preparation steps too, like committing to a start date, right? That's really important. And after 30 days of this preparation work, research shows that you're finally ready for stage four. And stage four, which is the action phase, that's the stage that we think about when we think about change. It's the part that we want to jump into, change our behavior. We're doing it, right? And that's really what we think about. But here we are, man, we're, we're four stages in. So there's a lot of work that's gone into this change to lay the groundwork to get me prepared for my start date, which is January 1st. So the action stage means that you have started the change work other people can now see. Now people can observe that you're doing something differently. You've changed your behavior and you're able to sustain this change for at least six months. And for me, this means... I'm not drinking. I'm ordering a mocktail on a date night. I'm drinking an NA beer with my teammates after a hockey game. I'm sipping tea by the fireside on a snowy night. I'm doing this every day for six months because that's the change I've pledged to make for myself and to my family. And by the way, I'll give you guys updates on how it's going as I'm in this action phase. But what I'll really be doing and focusing on in the action phase will be running experiments to question my beliefs about alcohol and the role it plays in my life. So for me, you know, the action stage, really important is that it's not just about white knuckling it or just doing it. It's also about asking the right questions and exploring are the things that I believe about alcohol, like, are they actually true? Maybe they're not. Maybe my beliefs about alcohol are totally just old. They haven't evolved. So for all of my adult life, I've been running on the hypothesis that Alcohol is the not-so-secret ingredient for a sparkly, fun time. I mean, (laughs) 
who would want to give that up, right? <laughs> it doesn't make sense. If it's the ingredient to fun, then why would you want to not have that, right? But I think we can probably agree that my dearly held working hypothesis here is about as profound as a De Serrano ad. <laughs> like so cheesy, but you know what I mean? We're having this very chic, awesome party and obviously we're drinking this liqueur, which by the way, nobody drinks because it's, I mean, isn't that like amaretto? Like who drinks that? Nobody. But the ad makes it look very sexy and very compelling. And like, yes, obviously alcohol makes things more fun, (laughs) right? So it's not that sophisticated. Good golly. So anyhow, this action phase, the six months without drinking alcohol is less about white knuckling it with a soda water in my hand and more about testing my hypothesis by running an experiment and analyzing the data. And There's one big experiment, which is the six months. And then there's going to be lots of little experiments. Like I'm going to go to a dinner party and then I'm going to ask myself very specific questions. Like, is it more fun with alcohol? And then I'd be specifically collecting that data. Or did I feel more anxious? I don't know. We'll have to come up with the questions as I'm running each experiment, but I will certainly keep you all posted on how that is going and how I'm running my experiments. Because I may discover that I've been sipping a cultural cocktail and prefer mocktails a whole lot more. So I'm open to this new data. I'm excited for it. All right, so stage five is maintenance, which is just you're continuing to do it, right? So this is after six months of action, you're now officially in the maintenance phase. And this means that you have sustained the change for more than six months. So you're doing things to maintain the change, but it requires less effort now. I mean, it's still some effort, but less effort. So maintenance for me in my own New Year's evolution goal marks the end of my sober curious experiment. But here's what I have shared with my nearest and dearest and now all of you, which is I feel no pressure to remain sober after these six months. But my hope is that I will really want to. That's my hope. The real goal for me here is to see if I can be my social, zesty, over-the-top self without alcohol. And that like the very brilliant Annie Grace, the author of This Naked Mind, I can drink as much as I like, whenever I like, which is none. Wouldn't that be delightful? That's my hope. But I'm open to whatever I experience. So some people argue that there's a sixth stage, termination. Termination was not part of the original trans-theoretical model of change as defined by Prochaska and DiClemente, but... Many psychologists, including myself, feel that there is a sixth stage called termination. There is one beyond maintenance. In this stage, you have absolutely no desire to relapse and return to the earlier stages. So it's really beyond maintenance, meaning like you don't have any risk of relapse. You have zero desire to smoke, zero desire to drink, zero desire to skip your daily workout or check your email on the weekend or binge eat until your stomach hurts. You can't fathom doing this behavior again like, I would never go back there. It doesn't appeal to you anymore, right? It would be like if someone said like, hey there, (laughs) would you like to chop off your arm with this rusty saw? Uh, No, no, I have zero desire to do that. I don't need to think about it, debate about it, or wrestle with this decision. No willpower needed. It's just a hard no, not going to happen. So I have made changes that are very much in termination, just don't have any desire to go back to the place that I was before. There's no amount of triggers that could be placed in front of me. Not interesting to me. So if you're actively questioning and evolving your mindset, 
you will absolutely reach the termination phase where no willpower is required to maintain your new behavior. I really believe this. There is no temptation or urge. You've just transformed what you think and as a result, transformed what you do. The whole new mental framework that you're working from. And that, my friends, is the trans-theoretical model of change. Now, does everyone progress linearly through these six stages? No, right? Of course not. Typically, we make progress and then backslide like a game of shoots and ladders. But if you understand this model, right, you'll understand that you never actually fall off the wagon. And I want to make this like, let me say this again. There is no such thing as falling off the wagon. You're only falling back to an earlier stage of change. And once you understand that you're only falling back to an earlier stage of change, you can then reassess, wait a minute, where am I? Did I just go all the way back to pre-contemplation where I'm feeling so defeated and demoralized? I didn't want to think about it anymore, right? I have plenty of clients that that's where they're at. Or maybe you just sort of move back to a place where you're now like, oh, thinking about it a lot again, where the pros and cons lift feel kind of equal. You know, there's a lot of ambivalence about it. Or maybe you fell back to preparation where you're like, I need to come up with a better plan. This wasn't robust enough. But you never fall off the wagon. You just go back to an earlier stage of change. And that is totally manageable. This model is extremely effective and it really does work the vast majority of the time. It has been proven to be an incredibly effective process of change because it really meets people where they're at. It doesn't pretend that everyone's ready to take action because oftentimes they're not. Most people are not. But here's what I want you to take away from this. Many people don't know that there are five stages of change. They think that there is just maybe two, right? Which is not changing, changing. (laughs) Not taking action, taking action. But that's not accurate. And as a result, many people skip the contemplation and preparation stage and jump right into action. Or they try to rush through the preparation stage and do it all in one hour or one day. Have you been there? I've been there. Or you're going to prepare for this massive change in an hour or one day of, I'm just going to sit down and plan it out in one day. But the research shows that it takes approximately 30 days to do the preparation stage effectively because there's so many moving parts, right? You've really got to get your team involved. You got to think about your messaging. You got to make sure that that pro and con list is at the right ratio. You got to work through all your obstacles. You got to deal with the logistics. You got to also prepare your toolbox, your cognitive tools that you're going to use to help you manage your mind and also your emotional tools to help you manage your emotions because that's going to be critical. You're going to be feeling the feelings as you make a change. It's part of the deal, right? So there's a lot that goes on in this stage and it really cannot be skipped. What I see happening over and over is that people try to spring into action and it just doesn't work, right? It just leads to frustration and defeat. We have to do all five stages of change, not just the action stage. Another issue is that you might recognize that you need to do the contemplation stage and the preparation stage. You might have been listening to this being like, oh boy, I've never done that. But you've never done it before and you don't know what to do right? It feels maybe a little bit overwhelming because there's a process through each of these stages as well. So you may be saying to yourself, you know, preparation stage, cool. I got to do that. Okay. So what does that exactly mean? How do I prepare mentally, emotionally, and logistically? What does that mean for my situation? I don't know, right? I don't know how to do this. This is just another reason why people get stuck and struggle to change. 
And I bet you can think of an example in your own life when you've tried to bypass contemplation and preparation and you just jump into action. I have done this so many times. I'm like... <laughs> New Year's declaration that I make at 11.55 on December 31st, <laughs> right? You just decide my new workout plan starts today and I'm just going to do it. And guess what? You don't do it or you do, but you do it for a short time, but not long enough to get the real results that you want. But as you've listened to this episode, I hope you are beginning to really understand why this keeps happening. It's not because of you. It's not because you suck. It's not because you lack motivation. It's not because you're lazy. It's not because you don't care. No, it's because you don't know how to walk yourself through this process because it's complex, right? And there's multiple things going on and you've probably never been taught to do any of this before. So I hope you recognize that, you know, it ain't you. It's not that you don't want it badly enough. I've never met a client that doesn't want to change in a very significant way. They care. They want it badly, but it's often because they're skipping these very crucial stages and they're just not ready. They haven't prepared themselves. So my amazing business manager, Larissa, she said it so perfectly. She said, it's like you're at the starting line of a race, but you're wearing slippers. And then you wonder why you're struggling to run and finish the race. Like, exactly. (laughs) You're showing up naked and in slippers going, wait a minute, why am I not able to cross the finish line? Like, I don't know. Maybe you weren't really prepared. But if you've gone through the contemplation and preparation stages, then you'd be starting at the starting line in your sneakers, trained and ready and amped to do it, right? You'd be nerve-sighted, right? Because it's new but you'd be ready to take action and to do it successfully. And you would achieve your goal instead of shuffling off the uh, course in defeat. I mean, we all know the Nike slogan is just do it, but really it would be way more accurate to say, just do it. And by it, we mean do your pre-contemplation, contemplation, one month of preparation, then action for a minimum of six months and maintenance. (laughs) But that's not a very catchy slogan. I don't think the Madison Avenue guys would be into it, but that's actually how we change. All right, so here's your lab work for the week. It's a very simple assignment. I want you to visit my website. Go to drsashahines.com slash evolve. So that's D-R-S-A-S-H-A-H-E-I-N-Z.com slash E-V-O-L-V-E. Go to that webpage and check out my program, New Year's Evolution. This program starts on January 2nd. So that's the first Tuesday of January. And the reason why I'm so excited about this program is that it takes you through the model of change that we just talked about, right? And here's how it works. You start the program with me in January and you tell me what changes you want to make and I will assess where you're at in your readiness to change. And then instead of jumping right into action, which I think we can all agree we've established does not work. We start with contemplation and preparation. And I will guide you through those crucial early stages of change so that you can actually change. So that in 2024, you're going to be successful, that you're going to look back and say, man, this thing I've been thinking about for so long, I did it. I have a totally different relationship with whatever it is. I think about it differently. I engage in it differently. I've changed. So amazing. It's what we're here for right? We're not here to start. We're here to finish. So this is going to feel different. And it's an approach to change that you probably haven't done before, I would imagine. And during this program with me, 
you'll figure out what are the competing priorities that are making it so hard for you to change? What are the deep, sneaky underlying beliefs that are making this change impossible for you? How you can loosen those beliefs so that change is actually possible? And what are all the types of preparation that you need to actually do? And we'll have co-working New Year's Evolution Study Hall together. So we'll be doing this work together. And I'm carving out time every single week to do this work. So it can be on your calendar. You don't have to think about it except for those times that you're showing up to meet together. And you will leave this 11 weeks with the most robust plan And you'll have set the foundation so strongly that you're just setting yourself up. It's just an inevitability that you will walk through this successfully. Because here's the thing. If you try to do the action stage on January 1st, your chances of success are just extremely low. Look up the stats. But if you do contemplation, then preparation, then action several weeks after you're finished with this first 11 weeks of New Year's Evolution, your chances of success are so much higher. Really. They're extremely high. And that's what I'm really inviting you to do. And I'm inviting you to do it with me. I'll be working on my own stuff right along with you guys. So go to drsashaheinz.com slash evolve to see an outline of the program so that you know what to expect. But if you want to change something about your life, you want a program that's 100% grounded in the science of change, and you want a guide to take you through it, this is for you, right? And that's your lab work. Just visit my site, check out the program. And I really hope you'll sign up. We have so many awesome people that have signed up so far. It's going to be incredible. So New Year's Evolution, it starts soon. Enrollment closes December 29th and we start January 2nd. All right, y'all have a wonderful week. And remember, put the own up in grown up. For more dirt on today's topic, make sure to visit the episode show notes at drsashaheinz.com. Or if you have any specific questions, you can shoot me an email at hello at thechangelabpodcast.com or find me on Instagram at drsashaheinz. If you're enjoying The Change Lab, there are three things you can do about it. Subscribe and leave me a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Share the show with a friend or five. Or head over to drsashaheinz.com to check out the ways you can work with me and dive deeper into this work. And if you're feeling wild, maybe do all three. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next Monday.